my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're having an absolutely fantastic day, and hope you guys enjoyed the Hagman Show on Friday. Doug and I went into detail on a lot of stuff that's been going on lately and continuing to remind people about the truth and what's really actually happening behind the scenes. It's interesting. I had a conversation with a buddy that stopped by yesterday, and we were talking about just kind of the current state of affairs on stuff. And uh, you know, he brought up the whole Ukraine theater thing that we're seeing right now, and talked about how you know, like they're your EU and the United States are now basically cutting Russia off from SWIFT, which means they pretty much can do no transactions now with the rest of the international banking cartel. Um, and I told him, I said, here's the thing that's going on. I said, you got to understand this. I said, they had to have a precipitating event to try to blame another boogeyman and make everybody forget about what's happening. I said this in detail on our show Friday. I am not going to forget, nor am I going to pretend like they didn't do what they just did to us for the last two years. And it's very, very important. Everybody understands this whole COVID restriction narrative lie that was pushed on us is not gone. I saw an article earlier here from Forbes, and it goes into detail discussing how the new national vaccine digital pass is being quietly implemented all across the entire country. The report came from Forbes and suggested the new normal is going to include the digital vaccine passports to be used to travel and access venues. The article's right here. National vaccine passport is quietly wrote out, and red states are getting on board. This is from Forbes. And it says a paper CDC vaccination card is not cutting it. While the United States government has not issued a federal digital vaccine pass, a national standard has nevertheless emerged. To date, 21 states in the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico all now have the SMART SMART digital health card, a verifiable digital proof of vaccination developed through the Vaccine Credential Initiative, a global coalition of public and private stakeholders, including Microsoft, Oracle, Mayo Clinic, and Salesforce. Four more states are now lining up to the, have the requirement put into place as well. Now, what's interesting about this, and this is why I'm bringing this up, there is no doubt 100% they're going to continue to put this in place. They put this platform together for a reason. They spent billions of dollars on this platform. There is no under no circumstances do I think this is going to try to slowly, you know, basically go away and nobody's going to know about it. They're going to keep pushing this narrative, but right now they need a distraction in order to keep everybody focused on something else. I have been shocked on how many patriots that I thought were patriots that have now jumped on board the Ukraine bandwagon. We're going to stand with Ukraine. We have to tell Russia they can't do this. Listen, I am not supporting Russia in any of the nonsense they're involved with right now, but I am not at all encouraging that we need to go get an engagement with Russia and Ukraine right now. It's funny to me how the same people that I've talked to will sit there and say, yeah, I know we've been lied to basically the last two years. Oh, yeah, I know the whole theater thing from COVID is completely out of control. Yeah, I know there's a real virus, but, you know, mainstream media completely lied to us. Now, mainstream media is doing nothing but continuing to lie to us and telling us what to focus on. And a lot of the same people that I thought were awake are now going, oh, you got to stand with Ukraine, putting a Ukraine little flag on their social media and everything else. And I'm like, dude, up until a week ago, you didn't even know Ukraine was a country, moron. You didn't know anything about it. And, I mean, it would be the same concept if Georgia decided they didn't like the Florida-Georgia line and they were going to come down to Florida and take part of Florida over. And then Russia goes, Georgia, you can't do that. We're going to get involved and sanction you from the rest of the world now. Guys, listen. 
understand what they're trying to do right now to manipulate the mindset. This is what I personally think the reason why they're doing this right now. Everything they're doing from cutting Ukraine or cutting Russia off with SWIFT and basically pushing this, I think this is either going to be a staged event or a false flag event. Either way, I'm pretty confident with a lot of people I've talked to, this is going to be the gameplay. I think the American financial infrastructure and the cyber, basically the power grid that we have in the country, is very very weak. We already saw. I mean, you guys remember what was it? I think uh, February of last year. It was, was it was February twenty? No, excuse me, May twenty twenty one. The Colonial Pipeline, one of the largest fuel pipelines in the United States, had an alleged ransomware attack. The company that transports more than hundred million gallons of gasoline and other fuel daily from Houston to New York shut down for like what three days. And remember, you guys remember the chaos that ensued for a couple of days? Gas is completely out of fuel. Everybody's filling up with gas. People filling up trash bags with fuel. I'm just dumb stuff because there was literally a pipeline shut down for three days. All they need is a precipitating event to blame Russia and say, oh, Russia did a cyber attack. They hacked the power grid. They, pa- they hacked the fuel system. They hacked the banks. This is why right now everybody in Russia, they're starting to have bank runs in Russia because people know what's about to start happening. I saw footage earlier, and there are literally people at ATMs and at banks just pulling out wads of cash. I've told people this now for years. You need to make sure you have any type of preparations you need that are outside of the banking system. Make sure you know how to get access to them, so to speak. I'm not giving you financial advice, but all it takes is literally the push of a button, and everything stops with the banking system. They want to bring in a digital currency. This is the overall goal. They want everything to go full digital. This is why they promoted digital transactions and cashless transactions over the last two years. Does anybody think that it basically is coincidental that as soon as COVID hit, they started telling everybody that basically they need to use credit cards only and that contactless payments and all the stuff? That wasn't coincidental. It was by exact design they wanted it to happen. So, again, I continue to encourage everybody, stay strong in your faith, keep your body strong, keep your mind strong. This is not the first time there's been a conflict, so everybody needs to calm down. If we have something that we have to do here and defend this country, we're well prepared from a malicious standpoint to handle the United States from a security realm. If, if everybody is able to band together and stay strong and is self-sufficient and preps, you see now Ukraine, they've been handing machine guns to all the citizens now over there. It's funny to me. I've just seen even articles, liberal articles like from CNN, talking about how great it is that Ukraine's handing machine guns to their citizens and how they're going to defend their country and standing up for which I, I agree with that. Their country, load up machine guns, what to do. But I find it hilarious that you have CNN talking heads talking about how great it is Ukraine citizens have machine guns and how they're going to defend their border and at the exact same time literally they'll turn around and face the other camera and demonize America culture and our citizens here that have weapons and talk about how it's racist to want a closed border in the United States and how everybody needs to welcome anybody here illegally with open arms and that none of us should be able to have any firearms at all and we can't have more than a 10 round magazine. Well, which one is it? Because the Ukraine's getting machine guns. The United States, they don't want you to have more than a 10-round Mac. Which one is it, CNN clown anchor? Again, I'm being sarcastic because we know what the overall goal is. It's all designed theater to keep people focused in the wrong direction. The trucking convoy is still moving right now from what I've been told in the research I'm doing it. We're going to see what happens with these guys. And again, I've told everybody very, very cautiously, if you're involved in that, keep an eye out for groups that may be trying to infiltrate that trucker convoy as Antifa or BLM terrorists that essentially we saw in 2020 that were funded by George Soros. 
keep an eye out on that because it's very, very probable they're going to try to use this as another January 6th incident and use it as an excuse to do more lockdowns, more restrictions, and more control. They just did it in Canada. They literally just started freezing people's banks account last week or two weeks ago in Canada and arresting people and beating them and running them over with horses. That just happened because they were peacefully standing in the middle of basically Times Square. If you think under any circumstances the United States won't try to pull that same card, got to wake up and understand what they just did to us for two years. And again, this digital passport, all this vaccine passport nonsense stuff, you have to be vocal about it. You have to encourage businesses that you know not to basically work with them. This is why I tell people it's so important to do the best you can to try to buy local or buy from local businesses or small businesses. Grand, that's becoming more and more difficult because they put so many of them into bankruptcy via the COVID narrative, which is exactly what they wanted. So everybody has to go to these big box store retailers. So that's my kind of update. I had a great weekend, by the way, with my wife. It was her birthday this weekend, so we went down to Sarasota, the whole family, and Ted and Sharon came down there. It was really nice to go to the beach and hang out with the kids and everything. So thank you. I got some emails basically wishing her happy birthday. Thank you for that. And again, keep faith strong, my friends. If you guys need anything, stay prepped. It's not an issue as far as getting stuff right now. Supply chains are still working just fine. They're slow, but we still have everything together. But make sure if you need something, you plan ahead accordingly. I did see an article earlier now that FedEx and UPS have now suspended shipments to Russia and Ukraine. Uh, basically, all they've halted all inbound and outbound services until further notice for, I guess, safety and transport and flights and everything else because of what's going on over there. Granted, we don't send a ton of stuff. I mean, we do have some customers in Russia, but it's not like it's a huge, huge shipments over there. But just giving everybody a heads up on that. Always try to be one step ahead of the curve and look at what the next gameplay these guys are going to try to do so you can be well prepared for it. And again, my opinion, I think the next play is going to be some type of cyber attack that they're going to blame on Russia, and it's going to bring the United States again to a screeching halt to slow down. You guys know it. The velocity of money, the same thing Ted and I have talked about, because they have to slow down inflation with the amount of money that they've dumped in the markets with these huge bills over the last couple of years now. And it's very, very difficult to do that with trillions and trillions of dollars dumped in the market. So you have to slow down the velocity of money by essentially shorting the entire markets, including vehicles, including transport, including purchasing. Just some simple facts there. What do you think, Ted? Uh, good opening, Austin. Uh, the thing with the Ukraine and handing out guns, they're conscripting every man there from the age of 18 to 60. Uh, I was told that by our contact. We have a man on the ground right now in Ukraine. And he, I talked to him at length last week, and he told me they're conscripting everybody. From, that means they're drafting you. They're basically bringing you into, you into the military if you're from the ages of 18 to 60 and you're a male. So uh, a lot of men are in the hiding. I mean, they're running. They're running. I can't say as a blame them. They want to start a war that you don't want to be involved in, that you don't think you should be part of, and you don't want to get yourself shot or basically you'll start shooting other people and you just want to leave. Uh, that's up to you. I can't say as I blame you. I remember that happened in the Vietnam War. We had these people being drafted, uh, these, these young 18-year-old men. I, I was one of them. I had to sign up for the draft, and they ended the war right when I had to sign up for, sign up for the draft. And I didn't go to Vietnam. And I didn't even know that it was a big drug deal going on over there with Southeast Asia, the CIA running heroin and opiates out of, you know, the Cambodian Triangle. I didn't know that was going on over there at that point in my life. But all I knew is that it was something I didn't want to be involved in. But I did sign up for the draft. And then that later, they were all pardoned, the ones who basically fled to Canada. You, not everybody wants to just go ahead and get involved in a banker war and start killing people and take a chance of getting killed and changing your life and your family's life forever. That's the thing. They don't want to, but people don't want to do that anymore because we're all starting to wake up. 
Now, one other thing you talked about yesterday, too, or just a few, a few minutes ago, Austin, is the, is the gold and silver and maintaining some cash reserves. Back in the 1800s, if you guys watch any of the old cowboy movies, uh, they have a lot of times that they don't even use dollar bills. They use silver and they use gold. That was the means of currency, the means of exchange, intrinsic value inside of the currency itself as far as the gold and the silver. If the cowboy rock up and he'll throw a silver dollar down or, you know, throw a gold piece down or whatever and, and basically, you know, buy a bunch of booze for everybody and they're, they're exchanging basically you know, gold and silver for purchases. Well, after the 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 Federal Reserve Bank, this this controlled mafia cult in nineteen twenty nine contracted the M one money supply or the money in circulation, then suddenly all of the money that was being brought in by the government had to go to pay the national debt and suddenly the contraction of the M one caused a massive recession cause a massive shorting of the stock market and all the guys who got out of it and shorted it they made even more money than all the people who stayed in it they lost everything and then what happened is because there wasn't any money running around there wasn't any liquidity people were still used to their grandfathers and grandparents still using silver and gold as a medium of exchange this is, i'm giving you some history here real quick and so what happened is a lot of people who basically had stored up silver dollars or stored up gold coins they were using them to buy things and merchants were perfectly willing because their grandparents and their parents and themselves, in many cases, had already taken gold and silver for purchasing goods and services. The problem happened is that the, 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 the stranglehold the Federal Reserve was trying to do in the United States wasn't as effective as they wanted because people were still using another form of currency, the gold and silver. So in 1933, the Cabalas controlled 33-degree Mason, FDR, came in. And he basically made it illegal to hold gold. And he took that money and he seized everybody's gold and then started with that money, the Exchange Stability Fund, which funded all the black operations and all the other things they were involved in from a nefarious standpoint. And also maintained currency controls. That's what's called the Exchange Stability Control. And, and, and you know, what was interesting about this is people nowadays have no idea what gold and silver is. Most people don't. Now, people listen to this show do. But the vast majority of your merchants and the people who own your gas stations and who own your grocery stores are all huge corporate conglomerates who basically are run out of a central location who are pretty much in every single case banker owned or owned by Black Street, Rock, you know, State Street or Vanguard, which are also banker owned companies. So if you go down to the grocery store and you try to give them, you know, a gold piece, they're going to think it's fake. Number one. Number two, they're not going to take it as a medium of exchange because they're not set up for that. Even if you bring in silver. Now, that's the problem. That's why we tell you you got to carry some cash with you. So, you, so if something happens, people are going to still be locked on, fixated on taking the cash. I think it was, I think it was Mark Dice. He did a video, I think it was last year, in which he had like a 10, 10, 10 ounce block of silver or whatever, whatever, whatever it was. And he was trying to get people to buy it from him for like 20 bucks or whatever. And, the, you know, it's, you know, 10 ounces of silver is worth, you know, $300 or whatever it was back then. You know, and so he would say, here, you know, give me 10 bucks, give me five bucks for this. You can go to the coin shop here and you can see what this is worth and see if it's a good value for you to do this. And nobody would do it. Literally nobody would buy the silver from him because they all thought he was either running a scam or uh, basically they didn't know what silver and gold was worth. I mean, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I would have just walked over to the coin shop with him and i said sure let's go to the coin shop and verify he said, get right in front of the coin shop let's verify this stuff is legit i'll be happy to buy it from you that's because old school people jim burke 
Henry Minks, both of them, I believe, have passed away now. Maybe not. I'm not sure about Jim. But they told me 40 years ago that gold and silver were still a really good currency, a good thing for exchange. The, the problem is the vast majority of the population doesn't know this. It really, it really doesn't know this. And so you run into a situation where if the Federal Reserve Bank, this, this Kabbalist control sex death cult that runs it, decides that they're not going to allow you to use anything besides a digital currency to buy and sell goods, then we're going to have to quickly in the United States establish an underground economy using black markets. This is exactly what my mom told me had to happen in Germany with the Weimar Republic. People started bartering. They started exchanging this for that, that for this, because the dollar or the German Deutschmark from the Weimar Republic had been so inflated by the Kabbalist-controlled Luciferian bankers to destroy Germany that they basically, um, you know, were spending, paying 40, 40 billion, it was 40 billion marks for one loaf of bread. She said they literally had to roll the money in a wheelbarrow to the, basically the grocery store. And it got to the point it was so worthless. They were burning the Deutsche Marks in the furnace for heat because you could spend, you could get the Deutsche Marks cheaper than you could buy firewood with the Deutsche Marks. Yeah, that's that's the problem with with you know with, with this type of with you know that type of fiat based currency that has a declared value but no intrinsic value. And, and what we need to understand, and it's, it's really important, once the world's this private death sex cult that did the thing with Jeffrey Epstein and all the rest of them, they're doing it with Ukraine, they're doing it with Klaus Schwab now. This is a crime syndicate. And when it was allowed to hijack America's money production and distribution system, and then they, what they could do, they could proceed in, in small incremental steps to substitute complete fiat counterfeit debt notes for gold and silver certificates or gold and silver itself. That's what they did. People don't realize when you allow a group of criminal sex death cult bankers to seize the creation of their money, it's only a matter of time before everybody in the entire country is converted to a debt slave. It's, and this is exactly what's happened in America and many other nations, especially in the European nations, because they're satellites of the United States through NATO because of World War II. Germany is still an occupied country. Because this Ponzi scheme, it always crashes, and then it has to be rebailed out like by the taxpayers. We saw this in 2008. It can be done repeatedly until all the people's assets are consumed, and then a nation is ruined economically. They're completely asset-stripped by the international banking the Kabbalists. What did Klaus Schwab say? By 2030, you own nothing and you'll be happy. Yeah, that's what he said. That's his words. And this has been done, been done repeatedly in America, and that's why the dollar has you know, gone from being worth you know, it's the 30 to 50 times lost now. So what you could buy a car for, for $1,000 – you know, you know, 50 years ago in the United States, you know, it now costs you 30000 to $50,000. And this is why some of the old cars have gone up so high in value. It's not necessarily they're, a, they're an appreciating asset. The dollar has dropped off so hard. And we've got to understand that right now. And then eventually, you know, they will be eliminated, these, these unions and government pensions and all the other stuff with Social Security, Unless we give, give all the Social Security money to the banksters again, which we've already done. We have a Social Security trust fund with no money in it. And the current buying power of the American dollar has been dropping faster than almost any of the investments can provide. So, so far, the only nation that stood up to these investment bankers and these banksters was basically Germany in the 30s. That's it. That's it. They're the ones who said, no, we're not going to do this. And what did they do? They had the entire world go against Germany. 
and utterly destroy the country, killing a huge percent of the population, including three million locked up behind barbed wire after the war. And let them starve to death, including another nine million that starved to death. And they said they wanted to completely and totally destroy Germany's DNA, the people of Germany. And one of the primary reasons they did this is because they stood up against the international bankers and started printing debt-free currency in 1935. This is the thing that they didn't want anybody to know, that it's possible to run an economy and prosper by not having debt-based currency. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me explain this again one more time. If you constantly let people – let's start over again. If I decide to buy an island, let's say, let's say that I had an investment group and we decided to buy the island of Grenada – but they had no money in supply there. So I went to a globalist, you know, like Bill Gates, and I said, can you loan me $10 billion? We'll put your picture on it, and we'll make it – this will be the currency we're going to use to build roads and bridges and hospitals and schools in Grenada. And Bill goes, sure, we'll be happy to do that. We'll charge you 7.2% interest. I'll print the money. So they give you $10 billion, and they say, okay, now it's been 10 years now. The rule of 72 says that, you know, you now owe us, you know, 10 billion in interest. Now stay with me for a second. It's really important for the new listeners to, to get this concept. Bill Gates, this is metaphorically speaking, of course, loaned me 10 billion dollars against the assets of Grenada, the island itself. And now after 10 years, I still owe him the 10 billion he loaned me, but I also owe him another 10 billion in interest that was never printed. Listen to me. It was never printed. So even if I give him back his $10 billion, I still owe him $10 billion in interest that was never printed. So it can't be paid back. It's impossible. That's the national debt. We have trillions and trillions and trillions, hundreds of trillions, literally, if you look at the derivatives, et cetera, that are against the U.S. dollar with only about, I guess there's $20 trillion or whatever in circulation now. So even if we gave them the $20 trillion back, we would still owe another hundred trillion in debt. We have sold out our country to these international Kabbalist, Luciferian, sex death cult makers. And this is how they have taken over the entire world. And, and this is what they do. They also come in like with Jeffrey Epstein. They trapped him and they got Ghislaine Maxwell in with him. And they got him to go start then there's no telling what they had on him. And then he started trapping all these politicians and all these leaders. And all these Congress leaders, and they paid him very well to do that. They made him a, quote, billionaire on paper to make him look like he was rubbing elbows with the world elite, which he never was a billionaire. I doubt Donald Trump's even a billionaire. And this spider web of worldwide deceitful practices of banking and blackmail has basically corrupted almost every government official in the, in the, in the world that's of any importance, especially inside of the D.C. Beltway. This was a necessary step they had to do to empower and eventually destroy the sovereignty of every nation that they captured in their web of deceit. This was necessary for this it's a Kabbalist group of bankers. They had to assume a position of global dominance to enable them to create their globalist one-world order based on their new world order plan, which is under Lucifer, under the Kabbalah, to resurrect their serpent god, Einsoff, and to bring in the serpent god through the temple, the rebuilding of the third temple. That's what they're doing. You know, and once we understand that, and we gotta realize that every one of these bankers at the highest levels are completely committed to destroying the nation's sovereignty. This world's largest organized crime syndicate, it keeps itself secret and hidden from public view and knowledge because it's only run by a small group of top policymakers known for their extreme evil and soulless nature that have always had an overall globalistic agenda. This is what they've done. They use 
They use compartmentalization, and they and they work their way all the way down. So at the very bottom, nobody knows what's going on at the Masonic lodges in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth degree. They're groomed until they get to that thirtieth degree, and they have to reject Christianity, and they have to realize that the Masonic lodges and Lucifer and the Zohar and these bankers. All of this group is working together at the highest levels to control the entire planet. That's who runs the world. And this is the thing that we have to understand. And we talked about this on Friday's show. Putin has made some kind of deal with Klaus Schwab, because they're buddies from the World Economic Forum that wants this globalist, one-world, Kazarian banker, new world order. They want all of these people together under one umbrella of a world government. Now, whether or not Putin was told he could have Ukraine because he was cooperating, I don't know. I know there's a whole bunch of weapons labs in that country they had to get rid of. And one of the first things you know, Putin did is nail these level four biohazard weapons sites that were illegal, by the way, to have in the United States. It's like that movie Prometheus when the you know, that is one of the alien movies in which they finally find this planet that was being used for bio warfare research using these alien embryos that attacked any species and basically used them as a parasitic host. And they took this entire research facility off world to another world so that if it got loose it wouldn't destroy the host, the home world. Well that's kind of like maybe Putin was looking at these bioweapons things. You got a you got a next door neighbor who's got bioweapons lab weapon labs that are building who knows what. Maybe the latest, you know, weird variant of the coronavirus. And Putin had enough of it. And what Klaus Schwab said, we're not going to do this. Whatever happened behind closed doors, you know, Putin now is basically losing a lot of troops, a lot of men, and a lot of money. And now if they cut him off from the swift world transactions. It's all being preplanned. All of this was preplanned. And this didn't take these guys by surprise because, again, Klaus Schwab has been working with Putin. Putin, heck, was one of the keynote speakers of the World Economic Forum two years ago. I, I read you part of his speech. So we have to understand it's the same group that has enslaved the planet through debt and through blackmail and drugs and prostitutes and rape and torture and on and on and on and on. They basically are the ones who are controlling everything. And if we see it, then we understand it. And then we understand that we ourselves are just simply like William Guy Carr said, this phenomenal book that everybody needs to read, Pawns in the Game. That's the group. So what we have to do is we have to stand. We have to stand our ground against these folks. Under this morning, uh, Teresa was talking to me what's going on, and, and basically it seems reasonable that Putin would retaliate somehow, though, for being kicked out of SWIFT. And my response to her was this. Listen to me, my friends. The only answer is Jesus, because we must stand our ground. He won the victory. We must take hold of the victory and stop being victims. I'm going to repeat that. We must take hold of the victory and stop being victims. And pastors need to stop being pansies. And always remember, the super negative alt-news, I could give you names and I could list them. But I don't want to do all that right now because I don't want to get a bunch of lawsuits. The super negative alternative news is almost always Operation Mockingbird CIA controlled. I'm, I've, I've mentioned some people to you before on the air. I'm not going to do that again. You, you can't do that because we have to keep our hearts and our minds in Jesus. For he is the author and he is the finisher and he is the perfecter of our faith. We just have to start talking about this stuff in church on Sunday morning. And it's so be it if the pastors run off a few people because they're liberals and they're pro-gay. And they're pro-feminism, 
and their <laughs> pro-Johnson amendment, and the list goes on and on and on, he just needs to realize he's going to lose those people. And he needs to get the groups of people involved in his churches to make them realize what's going on. Because what a perfect place for bartering to occur in a group of fellowship-minded believers who love Jesus. Okay, I've got some stored beans and rice. You've got some silver. I've got some of this. You've got some gas. I've got some of that. You've got some of this. That's the type of groups that we need to build locally in our communities. If we do that, then everybody can work together. Oh, you have water? Okay, I've got some beans and rice. Why don't, let's use your water and let's cook these beans and rice. Okay, let's do this. We've got to think like that now. We're coming to that place. Now, unless we stand against these guys, like it says in Ephesians, and stand our ground, and no matter what happens, we've got to stand, these guys are going to do what they're going to do. I'm letting you guys know that. Now, the Bible says this third temple is going to get built. This Antichrist is going to come out because God's on the president. He's already seen it. But that doesn't mean it has to happen on our watch. It doesn't mean that we have to fold up like an accordion. It doesn't mean that. It means that we've got to stand and say no, no, and no. My deepest thanks goes to the truckers right now. It's all these people in motorhomes and cars that are joining this convoy, convoy, which is 20, 30 miles long now. It's pretty impressive, guys, that you guys are doing this. And we love you for this. We really, really do. Same as the Canadian truckers. We love you for that because we've got to stand. But, guys, listen to me. This isn't a game anymore to these clowns, to these weirdo cult members. These time, this time these boys or girls are playing for blood, and we need to realize that, and we need to stand. Remember, Jesus is the answer. Austin, what are you thinking? What's your next story, bud? Absolutely. I have immense amount of respect for all these truckers right now that are taking you know, their personal time and their business and their trucks and everything else that are going up there to stand up for this because, again, as I continue to say – we can't pretend like we're just going to turn around and forget about everything over the last two years now. That's what they want everybody to do. They want people to completely and totally pretend like they didn't literally go to businesses and shut them down with law enforcement and arrest pastors and find people that were in parking lots listening to pastors. You guys remember that? What was it in Louisiana? Cops pulling up to the parking lot of an outside church where they're in their cars, you are not allowed to assemble. It's illegal to assemble because we mandated it. Oh, yeah. Everybody's supposed to forget about that, have their little short-term memory loss, and go, oh, well, you know, it isn't that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. We just, we just need to get over it. No, no, not getting over it, not going to pretend like it didn't happen. This entire narrative right now is designed to keep people distracted, and they do a very good job at that. That's why I've also told a lot of people, don't be living in fear and freaking out. And a lot of the alternative media does that very well. They like to stoke tons of fear porn. You can See, here's the thing. This is what I learned a long time ago. If I sit around all day and I'm wringing my hands together and I'm going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Russia's going to drop a nuke on us in a minute. And I keep reading my alternative media and said, nuke's going to hit us in a minute. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to sit here and wring my hands and not sleep. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? Nuke lands on your head. Cool. Spent the last year worrying about a nuke landing on your head, hitching the head. You're dead. Now you go to heaven. A lot better place anyways. Okay, cool story. <laughs> That's it. There you go. This whole fear porn trying to get people to stay terrified. A terrified, scared population is an easy-to-control population. Always remember that, my friends. How do you think they controlled everybody with the COVID narrative for the last two years and got people to literally not even go see their family and cancel Christmas and stop going to church and not open their business? Very simple answer. 
fear. You terrify people into compliance. This is just the next boogeyman that they want to do now. Is there going to be some type of ransomware attack or some type of cyber attack? In my opinion, absolutely I think that's going to happen. Does that mean we're going to sit around and be scared? Absolutely not. It may happen today. It may happen next month. may not ever happen. I don't know. Speculation. But again, if you're prepared and you're adapted to what's happening and you know there's certain things you can do to basically hedge yourself, then do them. Once you do them, sit back, enjoy your life, spend time with your kids, your family, your grandkids, enjoy being alive. We've, I mean, this, this has been an incredible run in this country. I mean, but we know it's going to start phasing out, and the more people comply, the faster it's going to happen. It just is what it is. This is why I've encouraged people so much to do the best you can as far as still trying to keep cash alive. Because once cash goes and it goes full digital, that will pretty much be the end of any and all freedom when it comes to being able to purchase and travel and so forth. That's why they're doing all this stuff now with PayPal and Venmo and trying to tax you. You made more than $600 on one of these cash apps. They're going to try to tax you now on it. Once you go full digital, once everything starts as a digital cryptocurrency that goes into place, that's going to be the end of all pretty much freedom's ability to travel and go on your way. This is again why I've told people, keep the internal combustion engine vehicles alive. Fuel's getting more and more expensive, but I promise you, the EV world is not a greener pasture at all. I've gone into detail on that. What they're going to do is they're going to continue to drive electricity prices up. Everything costs fuel. Everything takes fuel. There's just That's the way we're built in this country. So pretending that we're somehow going to switch over to this electric system and everything's going to somehow be cheaper and greener and great is a complete and total lie. Just like they told us if we stayed home for two weeks, we were going to flatten the curve. <laughs> two weeks to two years now, and still they still want to push the narrative. This is why you see all these continual states now starting to adopt the passport with the vaccine passport. It's not over with these guys. That's why you have to resist that by any and all means as much as you can. I saw another article earlier here, and it was going into detail on how basically the uh, – the uh, health care is now – there's a bill that's basically going out there. A letter has been dispatched to Congress asking the government to halt its plan for a massive sweep of health data by everyone in the nation. The Citizens Council for Health Freedom has sent letters to leaders in Congress. The letter asked them to continue a ban, which has been in place for decades, of what's called the unique patient identifier. The identifying number, the letter explains, would undermine the doctor-patient relationship. It be, would be a womb-to-tomb monitoring plan to centralize patient data into a national medical record system. First, to provide government the ability to track care and possibly even deny treatment to individuals without the so-called card, which, by the way, there's a strong possibility they're going to try to tie the vaccine card into this. You've already seen now numerous numerous healthcare areas where people that have basically been on um, you know, organ transplant list have been denied because they don't want to get the shot. That's coming next. And so people kind of ask, you know, I've seen people ask this question before. I go, well, how do you think, you know, it got to where it was in Germany or basically in Stalin, Russia? And why do people let it get to that? You know, I mean, Russia, they were over there and they were executing their own own military guys if they turned around and retreated. You can see that movie at Enemies of the Gate. It's crazy. They, if you retreat, you get machine gun. If you go forward, you get machine gun. It's absolutely horrific over there. And basically, it's Stalin's Russia. This happens 
one step at a time. It rarely ever occurs with one giant broad sweeping hit in the face and all of a sudden the stuff hits you. It doesn't usually happen like that. It's slow steps, slow steps, getting people more scared, more terrified, and under more control with more propaganda. It's exactly what they're doing right now. So it's very, very crucial we continue to get the truth out there the best we possibly can. I saw an article earlier. This was kind of a funny, humorous one, but it goes to show you the level of just incompetence and perversion that is now trying to be expressed and pushed everywhere. The head of MI6, like the MI6 in England, like you know, MI6, 007, James Bond kind of stuff, <laughs> the head of MI6. Richard Moore, which, by the way, he has his preferred pronouns in his Twitter bio. <laughs> I can't even make this up. He's the leader of Britain's secret intelligence service. He made a comment in Twitter, and I said, with the tragedy and destruction unfolding so distressedly in Ukraine, we should remember the values and hard-won freedoms that distinguish us from Putin, none more than the LGBTQ rights. Let's resume our series of tweets to mark the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ 2021, he wrote. I had a small at the end. The man literally put out a tweet talking about how we need to be supporting the alphabet community. I'm sitting there laughing. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? That's what your comment is on the whole situation? That's what your comment is on the whole thing right now? But again, it shows you where they're trying to push this. This is why it is so important. I reiterate this all the time. You have to be involved with your kids. It was interesting. We were at dinner or lunch or I think it was breakfast the other morning. We were in Sarasota with everybody, and the kids are there, and they're eating. And there's this lady sitting in kind of a lounge chair behind us. She's waiting on the table. And she goes, I don't mean to interrupt. She goes, but I have to give you guys a compliment. She goes, your children are extremely well-behaved. And I looked at her and I said, well, thank you. I said, my daughter's four here. My son's five, about to be six. And I said, it takes a lot of work. We're actively involved in this a lot. And she goes, that's incredible. She goes, I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. and I don't even you know what, know what to do sometimes. And so I, I, was, I took another bite of food. And I said, well, I said, I'm going to throw, throw a line out there. I'm going to see if she bites. And I said, well, I said, I'll tell you one thing. One of the most effective things you can do in order to raise healthy kids that are smart and basically mentally stable and aren't having all these health problems and basically all these weirdo problems. I said, keep them off the iPad and the iPhones. I said, there's absolutely no business for a single-digit child to be on an electronic platform. Zero. I said, now, if they're watching a movie or something like that, that's not a big deal. I mean, occasionally. I said, but giving them an iPad and basically sitting at a table and telling them they can just sit there and drool on themselves while they play video games and all these other, you know, lottery, you know, um, slot machine games, which is what they all are. They're all based on. And she goes, wow. She goes, really? I said, yeah. I said, keep your kids off the dog on electronic platforms and internet and iPads. She goes, well, my, my three-year-old's like that now. Basically, he always wants to have his iPad everywhere we go. I said, stop it. So I'll tell you right now, I said, that's not going to work out well for you. I said, I personally have a couple of ours that we know. Their daughter's Hunter's age, and she's like a vidiot. She, she literally, I've watched her have a complete and total meltdown in the vehicle one time because she, her iPad died on her. I mean, I'm talking full-blown temper tantrum meltdown because the iPad died. And I'm like, wow, she's going to be a fun one when she's a teenager. <laughs> oh, gosh. You take them, put the mask on them, put them in front of an iPad, tell them they can't be around other children, don't get close because you have to be scared of everybody, and you think this is going to end up okay for any of us the next generation gets older. I mean, come on. Now, it's interesting. And then Dad made a comment to the lady. He goes, yeah, but we have a, you know, we basically have a podcast. We do a lot of stuff on nutrition and health and, you know, with children. And she goes, oh, okay, that's cool. And you could tell it was kind of like, I may 
have made a small dent with the iPad comment, but didn't take. Just pretty much overhead after that. Absolutely no interest. And Dad looked at me and he goes, see, he goes, if she was actually serious, she would have stopped by over here or she would have asked us more engaged questions. He said she probably didn't like what we had to say. And I'm sure as heck no, most parents don't like to be told they're wrong. And there's enough research out there, very, very definitive research showing that iPad usage and phone usage in young children is absolutely detrimental to mental health and has caused all types of learning problems in the future and societal and social problems in the future because the children don't know how to cope. And I even told her, I said, all these games they have, you know, Candy Crush and all these other stupid ones, I said, they're all based like uh, slot machines. I said, those things are specifically designed to keep you enticed. Most people have been in a casino before. There's a casino in Tampa that I've been by before over there. And you go, what's the most common uh, machine they have there? Slot machines. They produce like 90% of the income because they're designed to basically keep people addicted. And you see thousands of people in there. Sitting there, push button, push button, push button, push button, push button. Try and get that dopamine trigger. Oh, I got made a couple dollars. I'm a couple dollars. Push button, push button, push button. That's why anytime I've gambled before in the past, which I don't recommend people do, but I have before in the past, I've always paid uh, cards as far as blackjack. I've never, never been interested in slot machines because they're all rigged. And that's why. They're designed to keep you hooked, pumping more and more and more and more money into them. And I remember years ago, when we went through Vegas, when I was a kid, we were on vacation. We stopped by there when the motorhome trip, and we went out and looked at some of the buildings and places and got some lunch and everything. And I remember walking. I still remember this to this day. And we stopped in front of the Bellagio in this big casino they had right beside it. And Dad looked at me, and he goes, Austin, he goes, they didn't build all these casinos because they lose money. Always remember that when it comes to gambling and betting. And I thought about that, and I've always remembered that. And I thought – you know, that's a valid point. They didn't build this casino because they're losing money. Nobody builds a multi-billion dollar complex like they have out in Vegas because they're losing so much money on slot machines. It doesn't happen. So always remember that those specific things are the same tools and same psychological tools they use on those platforms. They use them on social media. They use them on these games, and they use them to entice these young children to continue to be vidiots. So all they do is get their dopamine and basically triggers from electronic platforms, relationships, marital problems, siblings, businesses. All those problems are going to be amplified in this coming generation as they get older because this is going to be like the first generation that is pretty much raised on electronics from birth all the way until they get into adults. Heck, in the school systems now, they don't even really have real books anymore. Almost every time I turn around, everything's on iPads from what I've been told. I, 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 don't, I mean, I guess it's easier instead of having to schlep around a big heavy backpack with books in it. But on the other hand, too, it's like, my goodness, what about the blue light in the eyes, too? Just sitting there, reading an iPad all day long as this kid, and then when you go home, back on the computer, back on the screens. It is crucial, my friends. This younger generation, if it is to be, it's up to us. Keep raising little Americans. Keep their immune system strong. All the kids get sick all the time. There's no way around that. But you got to constantly keep the healthy vitamins, at least the ultimate multiple chewable. That's at least the one staple that I recommend for everybody. And really, if you can, if they'll take it, the omega-3 DHA. We have it in the capsules and we have it in the liquid. That is crucial for cognitive function and learning ability. The omega-3 fats are so crucial because the majority of kids nowadays have a garbage diet. I mean, kids in general already you know get picky sometimes if you allow them to be picky. It was funny. I had a friend of mine when we were out the other night, and um, we we're talking to him about well, for Lana's birthday a couple days ago. We we're talking to him about how I made some really really good wild caught salmon, fresh, never frozen Atlantic salmon, and I'm nine cooks some fish, and. 
land, I made it, and land was like, man, this is really good. I was like, yeah, the sauce you made is super good too. And we gave it to the kids. They had salmon, rice, with uh, basically some sauce with it. And they scarfed it down. And I was telling our friends about that the other day, and they were like, your kids are salmon? I said, yeah, they salmon. This is delicious. And they go, man, our kid doesn't want to eat anything but chicken nuggets and french fries. I said, that's real healthy. I mean, how that works out for you. The only reason your kids are picky is because you allow them to be picky. If you don't allow them to be picky and you make dinner, this dinner, this is what we're eating for the night. If they don't want to eat it, they can go to bed hungry. I did that one time. My Both of mine have done it like one time. Once you wake up in the morning ravenously hungry as a child and your stomach literally feels like it's eating your spine, you go, you know what? That has salmon and rice. That sounds pretty good right now. I'll put that down. Don't don't worry about that. I, uh, I'm going to eat all my food this time. Don't allow your kids to dictate what you do for them as far as when it comes to food. Feed them clean, raise them right, but don't make them become the adults where they get to tell you what they're going to eat and what they're going to do and what they're going to watch on iPads. I've seen that happen way too many times, and it's one of the main reasons we're in this current situation right now with a lot of these younger generations, with Generation Z, because these kids literally got treated like they were adults when they're five years old. Simply is not. Um, that's just a recipe for disaster. What do you think, Dad? Um, you're absolutely right, Austin. And, I, and I've seen the fact that if you don't feed your kids correctly, they stay sick all the time. Like you say, kids basically have problems with their health to start with because their immune systems are developing. Then you throw, you know, 76 vaccines into it with all that mercury and all those adjuvants. You basically continue to damage their immune system. They simply can't function properly. And we always made sure that kids ate, and our kids, all four of them, ate what we ate. We never cooked for the kids, you know, like we didn't go get them chicken nuggets, and then we ate, you know, salmon, and they ate chicken nuggets, and we fried them in some kind of mystery oil. We just didn't do stuff like that. And if, you, if, you, if you're eating clean, we have a really good cookbook. It's called Eat Clean and Be Healthy. And if you're eating clean, what you can do is you can basically learn to just to teach the kids how to eat the same food you're eating. Now, they're babies. If they're tiny, whatever, they're basically toddlers, instead of buying baby food, you can actually get a baby food grinder, and you start grinding up the food for them. But make sure it's always organic. That's really, really important. And I know that's a lot of extra work. I've got it. And and we did a lot of that, and then we did a lot of organic baby food, so we did both. But also remember, when kids are really, really young, they don't need a lot of meat. Uh, they don't need any meat, as far as I'm concerned, under the age of two or three. It's just too hard for their bodies to digest it. They need to be on breast milk, a lot of breast milk, exclusively if possible, for the first 12 months. But that's hard to do sometimes because the kid's appetite just, you know, exceeds the amount of breast milk the mother can produce. So in that case, you know, you can go ahead and start feeding them really healthy foods. And we list a lot of those in the Eat Clean and Be Healthy book. And so that's really important. And Sharon also wrote a book. It was called Train Up Your Children on the Way They Should Eat. It's a really good book. It was published by uh, Charisma House about 20 years ago, and those books are still available. I don't think we have any left in inventory, but they've got some really good recipes for kids. But you can get those books used, I'm sure, on, on eBay or Amazon. But the reality is this, is that you know when you eat clean and you feed your children clean, it's kind of like the same thing that we talked about with church. If you take your children to church every week, they develop a habit. Their brainwaves start to associate reality with the church and reality what they're being taught from the Bible. The same thing is true with the food. All of our kids eat pretty clean. They really do because we ate clean as when they were infants and when they were young children. Now, mind you, a lot of them did a little, you know, experiments, you know, going out with their friends and drinking sodas, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I don't like any of that, but there's not much you can do about that. And, and Harrison said something to me the other day. This is my 
22-year-old, soon to be 23-year-old, he's finishing his final year of law school. He'll be, a, he'll be finished with that in about a couple months, I guess. Anyway, he told me something very interesting. He was, he was, Daddy says when a child becomes a teenager, the influence that you have on that child becomes less and less and less and less and less. Because by the time they're 18 and 19 and they're adults and they're legal, they can own their own vehicles, etc., he goes, your influence with them is really only about 5%. I thought, well, that's true. Because when they leave and don't, they're not at your house and they're hanging out with their friends or if they're at work or if at college, you're not there to micromanage them. So the influence that you taught them as they were being raised hopefully has stuck and they're making good decisions. He said, but you can't take the 5% you have of influence and fuss at the children all of the time. And I thought, whoa. And we were specifically referring to my 19-year-old because you know she still lives at home. Now, and I told my, I told Harrison, I said, but there are some things we have to realize, Harrison. I said, when someone lives under your roof, there are certain rules that we as adults basically live by. Like somebody's got to make the bed. Somebody's got to wash the dishes. Somebody's got to do the laundry. <laughs> okay. Somebody's got to clean the kitchen. It's just part of what we have to do. And he goes, well, that's correct. And he says, but the problem happens, dad. It says a lot of times what parents do is they take the 5% of influence they have and it's only yelling and screaming and fussing. And I thought, well, that's right. I said, I try not to do that. I said, but I realize that in some cases you've got to make corrections. And he says the corrections are very ineffective with only 5%. He says the same thing is true when children get married. If you have children who are married and every time you talk to them and you only have a 5% influence on them and they have their own children, et cetera, he said if all you do is fuss and cuss and scream and yell, he says at that 5% of interaction time, soon they will learn to avoid you and have nothing to do with you because they don't want to be in a constant fight. And that's true, isn't it, friends? Don't we have to realize that we need to get along with our family? And we try our best, you know, to try to let our adult children be adults and make their own decisions. Now, if they come to us for information or come to us for advice, I'm more than happy to give it to them. But I try not to tell them what to do. Now, if something's really bad, like one of the kids is about to fall off a balcony, okay, I'll go grab the kid. And I'm like, okay, we've got to get the kid off the balcony. I'll do that when something can be unbelievably not undone if something horribly happens or if, if a kid basically is hanging out with really, really bad people. You kind of need to know who your daughter's going out with. You kind of need to know who your son's going out with. Nowadays with social media, it's pretty easy to do a, just a little basic background check on somebody to find out they're a convicted felon. Wouldn't you kind of like to know whether your daughter's dating a convicted felon or your son's dating a convicted felon before the convicted felon does something bad? And I'm not saying that all convicted felons are bad. And I'm saying, too, though, and I've talked about this on prior shows, when you're a teenager, let me meddle for a second, it's really, really important that you think about the consequences of your actions. Because if you get charged as an adult because you're 17 or 16 years old with a felony, they can end up putting you in in a real jail, in a real prison, and you're going to be a real felon the rest of your life. Look at these poor souls from January the 6th. Some of them, one of them committed suicide this week. He's been charged more and more and more charges. All he did while the police were opening the door, walked into the Capitol building. He stood behind the velvet ropes and took pictures and left. But they caught him on visual recognition, and he's been in jail ever since, and they're giving him more and more and more charges. So finally he couldn't take it anymore, and he just killed himself this week. Why in the world do we want to have situations in which we allow ourselves to be put into certain places and things, you know, when we're children that we shouldn't do? Remember that one song, Mama Told Me Not to Come? You remember that? I think it was by Three Dog Night. I've seen things I should never have seen. I've done things I should never have done because Mama told me not to come. Guys, listen to me. 
If you're a teenager, think about your consequences. Think about your decisions. Truckers, right now, Austin warns you, and I'm warning you, be very careful on who you're hanging out with in these convoys. We already know the FBI did a whole bunch of plants in D.C., and they pushed the narrative the way they wanted to, which seems totally illegal to me. Sounds like entrapment, but the reality is, is none of these guys are being charged. Be very, very careful who you hang out with and what you do, and be even more careful of what you say on the telephone, especially a cell phone, and what you say via text messages and social media. Very, very important we all realize that. Guys, I have the opportunity to pray for you today, and you guys are amazing. You guys are absolutely wonderful. Oh, the good news is the mask mandates are starting to be lifted, and they're talking about removing the mask mandates, we hope and pray, which is stupid because they're ludicrous, on airplanes within three weeks, and I hope that happens. Guys, I appreciate you so much. Please continue to pray for us also, and thank you so much for your support of Health Masters. Also, go ahead and finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely, and that's why I continue to encourage people to not comply with all these mass mandates. And I've seen some people, well, it's it's just ridiculous. There's no reason for you to even have a conflict about it. What are you doing anyways if you you know just don't comply? I said, well, it's very simple. You don't comply, you put another grinder in the cog, the giant wheel of control they're trying to push. I've said this repeatedly. If you had a plane that had 70, 80, 90% of the people on the plane all pulled their mask off and said, you know what, we're not going to do this anymore. What do you think? Do you think every airline's going to start grounding flights? All the flights start trying to cancel flights because people won't put a mask on? No, they won't. They'd be like, okay, just let's get these people over here. But they're trying to continue to get people beat down. They want to break everybody's will. That's what this is all coming down to. They want to make it so that nobody has any fight left in them. That's why they've drugged this out so long. The thing about it is they failed to realize that America still has a lot of fight, at least some of us still. That's why these truckers going up there right now. We have to continue to remind them that nothing that they did for the last two years is going to be forgotten, and we're not going to pretend like we're just going to sweep it under the rug say, oh, well, whoopsie, that was a mess up. We knew at the very beginning something odd was going on. That's why I continue to encourage everybody to keep your immune system strong, and it's not over yet. They may work on something else, some other virus. Who knows with these clowns? That's why it's so crucial, the vitamin C, the D3, the zinc, constantly keeping your body and keep your body strong just from an overall health standpoint too and keep your body strong so thank you again for the support of health masters for getting these just articles out here getting our shows out there continuing to help people just get the truth as best we possibly can because there's no doubt about it i mean we're, we're still in it right now there's no one, one single question about that if you guys need anything be sure to check out the website the purple stick three pack specials on the front page HGH Stimulate, last day on sale today. The product of the week, which is the zinc glycinate, that's on there. And be sure to vote for what you want to see win product of the week, the N-acetylcysteine and the vitamin C caps with antioxidants. Both of those are running far ahead with the vote. So be sure to vote, and that way we can put another product on sale for you guys this week. And so, again, I want to encourage everybody, stay strong in your faith. Keep your mental health Strong. A lot of people kind of neglect that sometimes. They start focusing on too much stuff. They get too stressed out. Take a step back sometimes and just relax if you can. Or get away for a weekend and go somewhere. Go, go to a beach or just go somewhere and just relax. 
and try to chill out because they're going to constantly keep putting bombardments of all this stuff out here on a regular basis. I mean, there's already there's already talkings now of Ukraine and Russia talking about ceasefire talks now. They're, they're already starting that, you know. So we already knew this whole thing was going to be obfuscation. They're going to try to use it to escalate something else or pull some other agenda. I personally think there's so much stuff going on behind the scenes right now, it would probably boggle all of our minds if we actually saw the real truth of what's occurring. But one thing I do know for a fact, if the mainstream media promotes it and the mainstream media pushes it, there is a pretty much 99.99% guarantee it is lies and propaganda designed to make you focus in that specific direction. Basically, shell game. Look at my hand right here, focus on my hand right here, while the other hand's basically pickpocketing you. That's all this is with mainstream media. As we've seen, they have no inclination on telling the truth about anything now. It was a very clear example. We saw that last year. So, again, remember the truth and continue to get it out there and hold your convictions. That's why you have to maintain convictions and maintain truth. If you don't know the truth, it's hard to be convicted on something because you don't really know what to believe and what to hold true on. Just what happens. So you have to get the truth out and then find where you stand and what your line is in the sand and continue to hold fast on it. So thank you again, my friends, for the support. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Stay strong as always. I'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.